is Honey, the podcast. Hey, honeybees. We are back for another episode of the Sweetest Honey podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for all of your support. You, we are officially over 400 downloads. That is insane. Hey. It's awesome that you guys enjoy something that we put out so much that you are actually liking and sharing and commenting. <laughs> and literally, it means the world to us. So thank you guys so much. Um, so this episode is going to be a little bit different um, than the ones that we've had before. It's gonna have a little bit more of a, um, a little bit more of a serious tone to it, but I think that it is definitely something that you all will enjoy. Um, we are joined by our guest Brian. Brian, say hello. I love you. And I love, <laughs> I love Allison. I love Tiffany. And like I was telling before, it's like I always be, I always want to hold your hands. Yes. We're so far apart from each other I right know, now. It's like a whole table, but it's but okay. We're I just gonna love get you guys. I'm so glad y'all are here in I Nashville with me. Oh my gosh. Y'all came only, all the way to Nashville to do this. Only for you, the traffic, because the anxiety <laughs> is real. It stresses me That's out a true story. every time. I uh, made sure we had lots of energy drinks before we left the house because that mm -hmm. helps curb her well, and if you're going to have Kleenexes, this is probably the episode because I'm a big crier. Yeah. I'm a huge crier. It's going to so. get emotional, you guys. So yeah. we hope that you enjoy a little bit of the, the vulnerability that you guys will see here. Um, this one's going to be a two-part episode, so don't listen to the 11th episode before you listen to the 10th. Um, the other ones listen to at random. It, it doesn't matter. Um, for this one, you'll want to listen in order. So, Brian, I will let you introduce yourself and tell the honeybees a little bit about you. Well, my name is Brian Copeland. I live here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, my husband and I, Greg, uh, we run a ministry here in Nashville. Uh, we feed about 175 families every month. That's mostly LGBT out of our food pantry. Uh, what you find is uh, most people who have food security needs um, they come to faith-based places, but many faith-based places want to change them. And we, what we discovered several years ago when we started the pantry was um, we need to serve people just where they are. So uh, we have an organic farm here in Nashville. Uh, we have several acres. We have a treehouse chapel. It's so cute. And, um, and we have two amazing children, um, Michael and Rachel. And, um, and, Tiffany is a huge part of our story. Um, so one day, uh, my sister and I were in a fish store, and we were looking for my mom a place to sit. And you're not getting the joke. That's from like another episode. Oh man, the joke just completely bombed. You didn't even laugh. Ah. No, because one of my favorite stories of yours, Tiffany. It is. What? But the lady's sitting on you. It's been a long day of travel. I'm so, so sorry. So the lady's sitting on you at the fish market yes. restaurant. Yes. The joke just completely failed. I'm like, I worked on that joke for like a week. And you both, you both just looked at me like I was a complete dork. We're like, what? I was intently listening to your story. Yeah. 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 And I don't even have a sister and we never went to a fish market. But See, and I was just like, it's still my favorite story. I was like, are we talking You know, about I know my love languages. Like, all that stuff. I know my love language. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge fan of this podcast. He is up to date. He is like I'm the ultimate huge, honey. He is the biggest honeybee. I am. I was your first download, I believe. The big, he was um, the first download and first review. Thank you very much. So why this uh, episode matters to us is uh, Tiffany's actually the biological tummy mother to one of my children. Yeah. 
so uh, that's why we're here today is to discuss um, and hopefully talk to Allison a lot about this because I'm really interested in hearing a lot from you Yay. about this whole process. I was literally talking to Tiffany on the way over here about how I was just so excited uh, to hear your perspective and to just talk with you because this is something that I've been interested in, but you we never have time. Uh, mm -hmm. So we've either been planning a wedding and that's what it's been around or we've been planning a wedding and that's what it's been around. Right. So. Well, and I think what's so interesting that most people won't realize is um, my husband, Greg, actually married these two women uh -huh. in our treehouse chapel on the uh -huh. organic farm. Uh -huh. I got to walk her down the aisle uh -huh. and give Miss Tiffany away. Yeah. Uh, our daughter, Rachel, was the flower girl, yeah. and our son, Michael, was the ring bearer. They did such a good job. They did. They're they were so, so cute. Yes. They did. Yeah. And uh, and so you have to understand that we are one of the, I think, we're what families should look like. Yeah. Right. Um, because I think what you're going to discover, this, this episode, hopefully for you who are listening, those of you who are going through an evolution in your life, we're going to talk a lot about evolutions, um, because this isn't just my and uh, Tiffany and Allison's journey. Uh, it's everybody journey and I think you'll find things in this story that you can relate to so um, so yeah that's that's our story here in Nashville and having uh, these two amazing children um, Michael's uh, Michael came to us via adoption uh, unfortunately um, we call them tummy mommies mm -hmm. um, Michael's uh, tummy mommy passed away um, she had uh, seven children and unfortunately passed away I got to take Michael to the funeral a few years ago um, and then, of course, uh, Rachel was born uh, in Alabama, and uh, you know she she knows she's got a tummy mommy, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll be crossing that bridge one day and uh, that journey. So yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit. Um, I just want to talk to you a little bit about when it was just the three of you and how you came to decide that it feels like someone's missing. We want a sibling. How did you go about wanting to expand your family? You know, Greg and I were on a cruise and he said, would you ever want children? And this was like 12, 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, if a kid fell in our lap, I'd be all over it, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to go looking for a kid. Right. I mean, it's stressful y'all. If you guys listening are going through a surrogacy journey or an adoption journey, we love you. Hang right. in there. Yes. It's tough. Um, and so we knew that we didn't want that pain. And Michael just landed in our laps completely. <laughs> oh, I see your love language. She's touching you right now. That's so sweet. <laughs> That's so sweet. Um, and so uh, Michael fell in our laps. And, um, and so there were three of us. And then when he got about two years old, we were like, oh, my gosh, we don't want him to be a five-year-old and not have a sibling. Um, and so we started this journey to, uh, to find, you know, to feel that, that peace. We were very happy, hear me clearly. Um, but, you know, uh, Michael is biracial, uh, half African-American, half Caucasian. Greg and I are both white as ghosts. And we knew we wanted to add another little sweet chocolate baby to our family mm -hmm. so uh and, but you know life was great uh we had the farm um and we just knew that there was just a little heart out there that needed us yeah. and we were just waiting to find out who he or she was mm -hmm. why was it so important for michael to have a sibling why did you feel that that was important enough to do this whole journey well you know i know allison with you i mean you're the youngest mm -hmm. of your whole family and your your mom and dad had you really late in life and your your old next oldest sibling is how old 
uh, my oldest sister is middle sister is 11 years older than I am. Did you feel like you were raised as an only child? Yeah, sometimes? we joke and say that my parents had three only children. So. Yeah. So, you know, um, Greg and I, Greg has uh, three brothers. I have a brother. Um, we have a whole lot of love to give. Mm-hmm. And because um, we would literally, if we weren't so old, we would have 10 kids. <laughs> I would literally have one of those big Mercedes cargo vans that are really inexpensive, actually. And we would haul our happy asses down the road. And I would be pregnant all the time. You would be pregnant all, pregnant all the time. Oh um, you know, but we just knew that uh, we wanted Micah to have uh, that pal. Uh, that very special person. And um, I, 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 again, for those of you who have only children and you've made that decision to only have one child, good for you. Uh, applaud that. And that's great for us. Uh, we wanted multiple children. I gotcha. Yeah, you know, I always uh, asked my parents when I was going to have like a, a younger sibling and stuff, and they would always laugh, and I never really understood why. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's because they were old as shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sweet as they come. Oh, your they're parents so sweet. are so they're sweet. precious. Love them so yeah. much. We had your wedding reception, of course, here in Nashville too. Yeah. And had the whole family and had catering and and just got to know the whole family. It's just uh, you, the folks who are listening, you probably hear the love constantly from these two. When you know, you know, Allison's family, it's just uh, they're just so sweet. So they're precious. yeah, precious, yeah. Precious, precious, precious. My parents are them. awesome. Yeah, they love, are. love, love them. They're and just old. <laughs> I also do not want it to let it like escape you guys how lovable Brian and Greg are. Like, <laughs> like part of the hardest, like the hardest part of this journey for me, like aside from like the birth and like labor and delivery, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just like okay, but like I don't want Brian to leave. I just please don't leave me. Don't leave me. I just oh my god. Like, yeah, oh my we god. got kind of unhealthily close. You think so? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, we were like singing Backstreet Boys, which by the way, both kids favorite song is of course i want it that way which she was singing with me while she was giving birth so still to this day the kids don't necessarily know that but we'll just be driving down the road you you are my you know and they'll just go into (laughs) it you know and so um yeah we uh, tiffany and i got really close through this process um we'll be talking a little bit about her evolution you know later throughout this but you know yeah greg's lovable he's a big old country (laughs) preacher Uh he talks like this and uh when we went on our first date it kind of drove me crazy (laughs) i was like i don't know if i can date a guy who is country as cornbread i mean when he walks you can smell ham burning i mean he is he's country (laughs) he is so country um and so, uh, but man, he's got a heart of gold. He's made me a better person. I'm kind of, I'm intense. I'm like you, mm-hmm. you know, Tiffany's more like, uh, I, Tiffany's more like me. Allison's more like Greg mm-hmm. uh, in that. And we're both very intense, very oh, organized. Yeah. We'll give you the list. Mm-hmm. And Allison and Greg will be like, we're good. We're just going to yeah, go right. with the flow. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, same way. Okay, so that and the fact that it's also a very expansive network, especially because of what you do professionally, having Mm -hmm. all of the people that you do just through outreach, work in your community, work in the church, you Mm -hmm. know, all of that. There's a massive community of people that gather around this family Mm -hmm. and people are basically lining up at the door to be like, oh my gosh, you need a baby. How quickly can we get a baby to you? (laughs) So how did you go about saying, okay, this is the avenue that we want to take for this and that it's not going to be somebody that we know. We started fostering, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, for you foster parents or people who are taking that route, thank you. 
foster kids are so many in the system. Uh, we started that process, and um, we were just very alarmed here in Middle Tennessee, where if a foster child were to make any kind of of accusation, whether true or not, they would actually take our other child away from us during a, a, an investigation time. And it just scared us to death because our son, uh, is this, at that point, was the center of our life. Yeah. Still is, but of course with his sister. So um, we, we tried fostering. Um, and then um, we were always getting people who said, hey, uh, you want to adopt this child, but in the time we were looking, we couldn't find anyone. Mm-hmm. So we were like, you know what? We're just going to have to go the surrogacy route. Um, and it's weird in the gay father world. Uh, there's big fractions between uh, surrogacy dads, uh, foster dads, and adoption dads, mm-hmm. and then even dads who were who did their. Uh, their childbearing the old-fashioned way, and they were married to a woman. Mm-hmm. And so even the gay male audience, I run the largest uh, gay fathers Facebook uh, network in, mm-hmm. in the world, um, and we have thousands of fathers globally, and we see those differentiations between fathers. So whatever your path is, the trust me, the path that you're taking is the path you need to be on. Mm-hmm. And for us, uh, we went down the par- uh, the surrogacy path. Um, our attorney had been on a website called like seromomsonline.com or something like that. And so we got on that website and searched for, we wanted specifically an African-American female who was willing to use her own egg. Um, and we saw this profile and just could not get away from it. <laughs> so uh, that was our pathway to decide where we went with this. Uh, we struck out on fostering. We struck out on adoption. And so we figured that, and we knew the other way wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we took the we took the surrogacy route. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what were some important traits for um, the surrogate that y'all were looking for to possess? Uh, you said African-American. Uh, what other what other aspects or traits were you looking for? For us, it wasn't more... We, I don't believe in bioengineering children. Yeah. Um, I think some people... If you have a child that comes into your life... Um, and they have come from a parent who has smoked or who a biological mother who has been on drugs, whatever. Um, don't stigmatize that child. Mm-hmm. Give that child love. Uh, so we weren't looking to bioengineer a child. Again, some of you may really disagree with me who are listening with this, but um, we wanted our, our requirements were African-American because mm-hmm. um, we knew, of course, we're both white. And when we make those two come together, you get beauty, baby. You get some beauty. <laughs> they are um, such beautiful yeah. Yeah, Oh, my gosh. And if you could see my children. Oh, my oh, they're just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, so, um, so that was... Um, the, the things we were looking for there, and um, and everything else was just a bonus, you know. Finding out that um, that uh, our our person was multilingual was an added bonus. Uh, that she was extremely intelligent. Our first emails together were like dissertations. <laughs> And I fell in love with them. I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh. It was like dating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm in love with this woman. See, y'all, I'm real good at getting all the gays. I get the gay men with the words. I done stack my wife. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's true. She's great with words. Yeah, Meanwhile, my, my like, had I been a, a surrogate on that website, it would have been like, 
willing to have this. I'm white. Here, here it is. Musical. Like I don't. I would have been like the whole thing as few words as possible. Bless it. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Uh, so yeah, we uh, started that email string back and forth. Sent some photos over, and of course, I mean, Tiffany was popular on the site. I remember, you know, thinking, oh, you know, pick me, pick me. You know, you're wanting that, you know, because it's like, oh my gosh, we have may, may have found we haven't met face to face, but we started emailing back and forth, and we were clicking on every mm-hmm. level. So on your side, Tiffany, what was it like when you first got that email that first day from me? What did that feel like? I did not feel a connection to anybody else that messaged me through the site the way that I did to you all. It was something I feel like I could like sense the energy that was there and the love was there. And I was just like this, it just felt like a pull. I mean, just the same way that we always say, like it all just kind of fell into place. It all felt natural. It's just what felt best to me. And that's what I went with. It was something about the way that we communicated back and forth. I felt very understood and not judged. It just felt like a very open yeah. Safe. And what did it feel like when you first sat down at that computer and said, holy crap, I'm about to put my name out there into this world to do this. What did that feel like for you? And why did you decide to do that? I remember when I was about maybe 15 or 16 years old, my mother and I were at our, like we were at a gynecology appointment. <clears throat> and we were talking about birth control and somehow she mentioned, well, did you know that you could sell your eggs for money or something like that? And I think that that thought has just always been in the back of my head. I'm just like selling, it. of course, didn't do anything about it at the time. Didn't do any thinking about it really in depth. It was just kind of a passing thing. Oh, really? That's a thing people do. Interesting. What would that entail? And then never really touch base on that again, not even with her. And then sometime later I got into thinking about, I know that children, I don't want kids. I know that I don't want children, but I would really like to experience a pregnancy. And then coming into kind of the queerness and having like gay friends and things like that that are wanting to grow families. And then there's kind of a shortage for this. I was like, I feel like this could be a way to kind of help somebody grow a family that needs a family or that needs kind of a stork, you know, for Mm -hmm. a family and then still have this experience that I've always been really curious. So I felt really connected to my pregnancy, but not to the idea of motherhood in itself. And that makes sense. Back then, Mm -hmm. how would you describe yourself in three words back then? What is that? Who was that girl? Who was Tiffany back then when she first sat there and was like, I'm going to do this. Who was that? Who was she? Hmm. Three words. It's making you think. Right. I was very emotional. Mm-hmm. Oh, this Would you say you were in a good words. place or a bad place? I was in a transitional period. Mm-hmm. So I'll say I was in transition. Um, there were some good things happening. There were some not so good things happening. It felt very much like blossoming, mm-hmm. um, but from a pile of ashes mm-hmm. in a way. So you ready for a renaissance? Yeah. Yeah. It did kind of feel like a rebirth. <laughs> I, felt, I felt that. I felt that first with you too. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we got that connection and, rebirth. and then, yeah, started. you were like, we're going to meet. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Were you dating anybody at the time? Um, I was, I mean, I was seeing people, but it wasn't anything that superseded. I wasn't in a relationship that was serious enough for me to take anybody else's consideration for what I, gotcha. I wanted to do. 
she's like, I'm going to go with these two white men up in Nashville and marry them too. <laughs> and go into the, that's another episode of the whole polygamy. And if you want to, yeah. if you want to hang around for that, that's cool. But if not, like I'm totally fine. Like it's all cool. <laughs> like, yeah. It's all good. So yeah. I mean, like I was, it was in my dating room, but I was able to separate that. I mean, that wasn't yeah. my dating life. I was like, this is something that I feel very, very strongly about. It's something that I'm going to go through with. If you're here when the time comes, cool. If not, I'm okay with that too. <laughs> we were so nervous when we met you. Really? Oh my gosh. We drove down to Birmingham and I mean, just that anxiety of, is she going to lie? I mean, it's like a date. You know, like, you know, it was Allison. at the time, not Birmingham. What was it? Huntsville. Huntsville. It was Huntsville. You're right. At the, at the Westin. It was Huntsville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the Westin. And you know what it's like when you went on your first date. Jesus. Yeah. I thought she was standing me up. I was so nervous that I had two drinks before she even got there. I showed up an hour <laughs> early. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. was super nervous. Well, we were nervous, Rex, and she was bringing her grandmother uh, with her. Yeah. And you got no grandma. Ooh, I yeah. mean, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah sweetheart bless her and so uh you know greg and i had agreed because i i make a very fast decision Mm -hmm. and greg said brian i need time Mm -hmm. after we meet her i have to have time Mm -hmm. so don't push me because i'm always like so what do you think (laughs) you know can we get it you know can we take it home and greg was like you've got to give me time brian Mm -hmm. and so i agreed uh, we had a magical, magical meeting. Mm-hmm. I saw the photos. You remember how Michael had his little um, uh, suspenders and bow tie? Yeah. I have the photos and from that. And then we walked around outside and they played yeah. in the fountains. Yeah. 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 And uh, so when we we got back in our vehicle, and I just stayed quiet because mm-hmm. I didn't want to start pushing Greg. And Greg's like, call her now <laughs> and tell her we want her. <laughs> My jaw dropped because Greg doesn't make those kind of decisions. Mm-hmm. But we knew... We knew that we were to be this family forever. Because that's what we are. We're family forever. See, and that's surprising to me that you immediately... It's surprising and not all at the same time that, Tiffany, you immediately had your mind made up about them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Just from what you've told me. Because you are such a thinker and you need to research everything. And you have to have all of the facts before you make a decision. Meanwhile, I'm over here. I'm like, that looks pretty. I'll I'll take one. The feelings, though... Yeah, but your feelings is is it, feelings. it guides your decisions a lot. But you've also know. got to tell the listeners about some of the crazies that reached out to you too. Oh my oh. gosh, it would just be like really strange things where people would be like, "Yeah, I'm a single father, but I would like to have some more children." But I think that that might have been a little bit more of a response to maybe the way that I described my physical attributes more so than it was about that. But it was it was some some weird, and you have to think about it, kind of like. Online dating, it's kind of that, but for a different type of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so yep. you end up with the people that are very sincere, and you end up with some people that are kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. What were your concerns about that going into it, like when you first posted on there? I mean, that it wouldn't work out. I was, I mean, rejection, especially yeah. because in the... Um, surrogacy community or for people looking for surrogates a lot of it is just like we want somebody to be height and weight proportionate i've always been bigger my body is never going to be a size six i'm aware of that even though i am you know still a healthy person um they're just like we want somebody that's this we would prefer that they're athletic and it's a lot of people that are looking for white Mm-hmm. Uh, taller, slender people with very specific traits. And I was just like, I don't know. I have this feeling, you know, that I, and I'm i supposed to help somebody else with this, but I'm not sure that anybody's going to want me. So mm-hmm. it's kind of still like putting yourself out there and then the possibility the of getting rejected. I got right. you. 
And we so swiped right. We were so excited. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, this is exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> it was like, wow. We read it. And it's like, we're already in love with her. And, you know, yeah. So. Do you all remember what some of your first emails, like, were about? You said it was a dissertation, but, like. How did you, what was the email that you sent to her? A lot of it was photos going okay. back and forth. Um, it was, uh, it was, I, I couldn't wait to get to the computer and hit send receive right. to see what, uh, you know, what she had said. Her, you know, she, uh, you know, her, her screen name was Dom, you know, and so I'd always see Dom in there and be like, is she dominatrix or you know what what is she <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's and uh and so uh they just got deeper and deeper and bigger and bigger and every single email just went further into the psyche of both of our families uh so it's just it was peeling away a layer after a layer of onions so yeah she she is literally pulling up on her phone the emails think, that y'all sent. I think she is. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I'm not surprised. I have a whole Flickr album of everything. I mean, I have everything documented too. So, yeah, yeah. And you're having quietness right now. So I'm going to sing to everyone like some Backstreet Boy songs while you guys are. <laughs> no, I like it. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I we had discussed the potential for doing surrogacy again or even me doing surrogacy and like the more I thought about it I was like these hips weren't made for kids so (laughs) yeah I don't I don't think that it would work out for me also like I'm way too focused on what I'm doing in my work to take the time to do that for somebody else but when she told me on our first date she was like yeah I was a surrogate for a couple and I was just like I'm sure that my face was like, what the fuck? Like- <laughs> well, yeah, that was one of my questions to you is like, how do you, when you hear that, I mean, when you hear that the woman that you may fall in love with and that you may marry actually was a tummy mommy to someone yeah. and there's a little, a little Tiffany running around out there. How does that make, how did that make you feel? I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, like she told me on our first date and I was so enthralled by that I wanted to ask so many questions I was like okay so how did this work what did you do here and then what happened and then so you still have a relationship with these guys so you still see this this child but how does that I don't and just asking so many different questions about it but it really like for her to say that on our first date it really made me almost immediately fall in love with who she is as a person Mm -hmm. just because how selfless can you possibly be to do that for someone else because that's, you're cooking a human inside mm-hmm. of you, and it's, like, to me, I think of pregnancy, and I'm like, person. oh, hell no. And she came out with all her fingers on her toes. Yeah. She had a lot of hair. She was such a cute new baby. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. Like, would you want to do it again? And we started talking about all that, and I was like, if you want to, cool. That's awesome. Like, great. <laughs> cool. I don't think I want to. But we're not going to keep the offspring, though, right? <laughs> but, yeah, we're not keeping any of them, right? Like, they're just... None of the And then, like, I was asking, so was it, like, was it an accidental baby? And, like, you just gifted it to them? Like, how did this work? <laughs> and, like, being able... Because I, I was talking about it afterwards, and I realized that we hadn't gotten into any of those details. So I was, like, telling... Uh, I remember specifically calling my sister after our first date to be like, dude, something about this one was different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told her about the surrogacy thing, and I 
didn't know if it was like, like I said, an accidental baby. And she was just like, well, rather than, you know, have an abortion, let me find someone else mm-hmm. to gift this, this mm-hmm. blessing to, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so then I had to ask a few more questions and try to find my comfort in asking that. Cause I didn't feel comfortable being like, was that you, your baby? <laughs> like, did, what, did, how to, so <laughs> I didn't feel comfortable at all initially asking those questions. But mm-hmm. like, once I figured it out and I was like, oh, so you no you. This was put a deliberate process. Out, yeah, right. Yeah, it was a deliberate process. This, uh-huh. Yes, she was con- she was conceived in heart and mind before she was yeah. physically conceived. Yeah, that was so cool to yeah. me. Like I think yeah. just it's very telling about who Tiffany is as a person. Yeah, and so. Tiffany, I'm, I mean, she intimidated the crap out of me I mean, after we got in the process. I mean, because. This is part of this evolution. I mean, because this is, you know, you're on a podcast. You're opening yourself up to the world Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And Tiffany was really intense. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we'd show up at the doctor's office and her her uh, tolerance for everything was about on a scale of one to ten a one. I mean, and she oh, was just. I, thought you were gonna I say really a did five. not like my OBGYN though. She was not a kind person. Right, but there was more to it than that. You True. were just in Absolutely. a different place in oh, life. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, and this was part of that journey mm-hmm. uh, that you know we found ourselves on was oh my gosh we're becoming like while we're gonna give birth to Rachel. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany's become our our daughter through this mm-hmm. process. Our very functional, on her own, can pay her own bills daughter. Right. You know, this is great. Yeah, and it you know it it never and this is it never was about the money. No, ever. No. You know, you start with this whole thing of you know you know this is what it costs all this stuff, and by the end of it, she didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was just like, this is it. It's so hard to explain until you've gone through it, mm-hmm. and just that. I mean, we. I remember after the birth, I just sat. We sat at the hotel bed and just weeped. Yeah. You know, I know we're not through that process yet in the podcast talking about that yet, but man, it was just. It, it truly was a journey. Really yeah. And at the time, um, just going back into what I was going through in that time. It's just a lot of family stuff. I know that you guys hear me allude a lot to going to therapy and family trauma and things like that. So it was still really in the thick of a lot of those things um, at the time. And then not really having the revelations, being on the other side of that now. It was being in a lot of that at the time. A lot of toxicity, a lot of mm-hmm. really overwhelming emotional stuff. But then still, I felt I felt this in my heart. So this was something that I felt strongly about. And this was something else that mm-hmm. kind of precipitated some of these, you know, dysfunctional tendencies and the tumultuous nature of, you know, these relationships. Um, so it was a lot happening concurrently. How did, how, speaking of which, how did your family respond when you said that you were going to do this? Um, family response was not great. My grandmother was on board with it. She was just like, that's great. Don't tell your mother. That was essentially how she felt about it. Friends were on board with it. That was fine. Um, Which made us very uncomfortable. Because when you hear, you are going to be having our child Mm -hmm. and not everybody in support network is behind you. Those are flags. And and we had to seriously talk about that flag. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was just kind of like, okay. So that was something that caused some heartache, but it was never anything that made me waver. Right. Um, it was just kind of like you can either, you know, at that point, and that's where, you know, I, 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 I've, I'm so grateful to Rachel. And I'm always going to be grateful to Rachel. I, I write to Rachel. I've got one of Rachel's journals in my backpack um, because I still write to her because I'd like to kind of document so she'll have like tangible 
um, something to hold on to that's a piece of me. And then if she, you know, wants to know more about that, I just like for her to have that and my mm-hmm. relation to her and yeah. how all of this works and everything. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just it, it, it was a really definitive time in my life where I was like, this has got to be the time where I've got to put my foot down and then just be OK with making a decision, sticking by that decision. And then no matter what happens with anything else as a result of that, this is a decision that I stand by. Yeah. And that was really difficult yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was really hard Brian was like my biggest supporters that like yeah. you and Olivia were my biggest supporters through that oh, Olivia time. I know. oh hi baby I know she was in Atlanta she's back I love her gosh Atlanta. she's hilarious she's um, so and, but the joy is where we were we wanted another child, but we weren't, since we had an amazing little boy already, mm-hmm. we weren't just like desperate. Right. And so we were in the mentality of, you know, she changes her mind or if her parents or whoever starts acting a fool, you know what? We're still in a win-win here, people. Mm-hmm. So um, that was that was a good mental place to be. And I think anyone who's going through these journeys, right. that's the only way you're going to mentally survive. Right. Yeah is by having that mentality of you had a great life before, you're going to have a great life after. And some of you have lost children, whether it be through an adoption process that changed their mind or through a a death or whatever. Uh, It's tough, but you're going to be fine on the other side of it. Uh, You just have to remember the life before and how great your life was before. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about like uh, memories of the child. You know, of course, Rachel has one of your journals. Uh, We have little, you you know, necklaces that, you know, that you have the other half of and those kind of things. One of her favorite things is while while Tiffany was in labor, and she's screaming, "Get that out of me!" You know, I have this curtain pulled. <laughs> the labor—I don't want to get into the labor process because it's a great story, and I'm telling the story when it's time, not oh, you. Okay. Oh boy! Oh yes, it's the funnest in the world. And so you hear—I have the curtain drawn because I'm behind the curtain praying, "Dear Jesus, Lord." You know? and, and you hear you hear Tiffany go, "Get what is that? Get that out!" <laughs> and to this day, Rachel's like, can I watch, listen to my tummy mommy's video of oh her screaming? She watches this video <laughs> probably four times a week and we laugh so hard. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just constant that we have those memories. And I keep that on my phone all the time. Uh, you can't see her in there in the video, yeah. but you can sure you can hear, hear her. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am mildly obsessed with Rachel, uh, mm-hmm. just because anytime you post anything on social media and I get to see this little small version of Tiffany, like it makes me really happy. And I'm like, does she do this weird shit that Tiffany does? Right. Does she do this? Mm-hmm. And so I started getting Tiffany to like write it down uh-huh. to ask you. And no, and no, I so guilty. <laughs> she sent me like this email that was like, uh, you know, it started like, you know, music playing in the background. I have this vision of her doing this and this. I want to ask you some questions, Brian. Does Rachel do this and this? And there was like 17 questions and everything. No, like, no, no, no. And then I started feeling like, so sorry. bad. I was like, do I lie to you? curious because we're super weird. No. No, I'm just, I'm just weird about it. Like, I can see, like, every time I see Rachel, I'm like, oh, my God. She looks just like Tiffany every single time, and every time I and say, I haven't really started to see that until like recently. I'm just like, like it's in there. Uh-uh. She's like no, like the the you posted some pictures from the the fair, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was one on there that I was like, 
Oh, I it think she had a. Oh, she had the. She had her nose squished and he, she had a lollipop in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh my God! If that's not your yeah. DNA right there, that <laughs> she has seven hundred faces." Oh, and uh, my mom and dad love Tiffany. They love Tiffany, and so mom will always say, "Little Tiffany," you know, because she'll see she'll see her pull. So she don't, she doesn't say it obviously to Rachel, yeah. but you know, to me, she's like uh-huh. she's showing Tiffany mm-hmm. just right there. Mm-hmm. You know, when and, her attitude comes out. It's not bad. It's very lovable. Uh-huh. And we I call it leadership. I don't oh, call it right. attitude. There's yes. a difference. She's not and bossy. She's, she's No, and that frustrates me. My daughter is not uh hateful. She's not gra- she's a leader. Mm-hmm. She's a born leader and there's nothing wrong with a woman and a female being a leader. So shut up. It's not attitude. It's not attitude. Especially because she's chocolate. <laughs> It's What's right. the name of the podcast? What did you I say? I said, and that's the end of the podcast. Right? <laughs> I thought she said me the drop. name of the podcast. Yeah. No. Mic drop. Yeah. Jeez. No. See, and, I love it, that. And then things agree. like this, you guys, like, it. this is like the, only because it precedes you. Like, like marrying my wife and Rachel are like the two best things that have ever happened to my life because those are the two life events that have made my life so beautiful and full of light and love. And they've brought all these other streams of love and everything that come into that. So like, it just, it, it makes, makes your me, heart happy. It makes yeah. me, mm-hmm. And then to hear this end of it where there's like a white man who was kind of like woman's enemy, you know what I mean? And she's got two of them that support her and back her and show her what love is supposed to be and what functional family units are supposed to be mm-hmm. and what love is supposed to be and really embrace who she is and encourages her to because I didn't really have a lot of that. I didn't yeah. have that yeah. type of support and it definitely wasn't the most functional, you know, I mean it, it was what it was, but for it to be functional and stable and constant like I write about that so much where I'm just like, it makes me feel so so good that this is where you are that this is you know where you were meant to be mm-hmm. and that this is where you get to grow and thrive and figure out who you are and the way that you'll move in the world right. with these things as your foundation well and to, and the kids go to a very you know a very good school um, and to hear them, the confidence they have in having two fathers, mm-hmm. uh, they wear it as a badge of honor. <laughs> I was at lunch today with Michael, and um, one of the little boys next to him said, "I wish I had two dads." Aww. It sounds amazing, <laughs> you know. And you know, and, and and Michael's very. He's like, you know, well, his 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 elevator speech is, "I have two dads, and my tummy mommy is dead," <laughs> you know. And I mean, that's just his story. He yeah. has owned his story, you know. And 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 Rachel's story is, you know, I have two dads. And a tummy mommy, mm-hmm. and I have a video of her. You know? <laughs> She's got her story, but they wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah, and um, and I and I love the confidence. I think um, I, you're very influential on, on Michael too. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, and I know this is horrible to say, but I'm going to admit it. If we could have lied to Michael and told him that Tiffany was his mo- tummy mommy too, we we would I'd have claimed that baby. Mm-hmm. I'd have been like, yeah, um, all mine, all mine. All because mine. if we could have created a story and a perfection for Michael, this would be it. And yeah. nothing would make me happier than to look at him one day and say, this is your tummy mommy. Mm-hmm. Surprise! You know, <laughs> um, you know, unfortunately he doesn't have that story. Right. You know, Esther's got a beautiful story mm-hmm. um, that I can't wait for her even maybe to listen to this podcast one day and say, oh my gosh, y'all, there was a lot of love put into me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wish Michael shared that same story. Yeah. Uh, and I actually talked, I was like, can we just lie to Michael? Michael, you yeah. know, but I just couldn't, yeah. you know, because, uh, you know, his story's, his story's tough. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But the thing about these types of backgrounds is there's always a fork in the road from that type of upbringing or any type of trauma. You always have a fork in the road. And the thing that makes my heart feel so warm and full is the fact that Michael is going to be able to take the path where um, that healing comes with love and loving other people and just sharing himself through love instead of destructive patterns that might have defined him had he been in another environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another thing, you know, we both talked about feeling very protective of Rachel's energy and what Rachel is subjected to and, um, you know, those types of things because we want to make sure that it's still this type of foundational thing where mm-hmm. it's love and the functional and the kind and the caring well, I'm thinking if I'm on my headphones right now or in my car listening to this podcast, my BS meter is going off a little bit mm-hmm. because it sounds a little bit too perfect, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I listen and say, wait, what's the what PR game are you guys playing here? Life can't be this perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I feel bad because in Facebook and Instagram world, everything is perfect. Right. It really is really good. And for those listening who don't have that same story, I'm sorry. Ours is just really that good. It's good. It's a spectacular like story. Y'all's is like a once in a lifetime, once in like a thousand lifetimes story. Yeah. Uh, y'all are like the lifetime movie that they actually got it right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we had our ups and downs, but they sure. were minor. Oh my gosh. Y'all want to talk about the ugly? Like we can talk about the ugly now. <laughs> like but, I remember I didn't tell my mother that I was pregnant until I was about five months along. And that was about that point where we couldn't quite hide it hide anymore. It anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and my mother did not speak to me for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which we actually was, liked right. because we were like, we don't want mother at this right. birth. Right. Uh, we just didn't want to go through that. Right. You know? And yeah. that, you know, for me, you know, I was just like, this is a hard boundary. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is something that definitely lets me know there's no leeway here. There's no flexibility. If she's cut herself off, there's no need to try to make that an involved part. But yeah. I th- you talk a lot about healthy relationships in your podcast. And True. I think this shows a healthy relationship with you and your philosophy and what you passed on to your love for your wife mm-hmm. is you protected us from that. Right. Yeah. You told us enough to let us know it was going on, right. but you didn't bog us down in the drama of the story. You were like, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. I've got it handled. You don't need to worry about it. Right. Let's talk about Cheetos right. or whatever it was at that point. So, I like Cheetos. Right. Yeah, I love Cheetos. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, I have a serious no eating on podcast rule, so we're not going to eat those. But I I just really appreciated that about you. And I see that in the love and listening to the podcast and some of the philosophies that come out in relationships Mm -hmm. about this love. And and it it goes back. And while you've been through a lot more since this birthing process, you know, six years later, um, you still see the, I know you you still see the, uh, the love that happens and you get to, you get to reap a lot of it. Right. Little Miss Allison over there. I know. It's great. She is such a, an emotionally mature person Mm -hmm. and has like, even since we've met, I've seen you grow, grow so much in yourself and in learning yourself and how to be in a relationship and adapting to that, uh, that it, I'm really proud of you. You do a really good job. Thank you. You're welcome. They're your words words of affirmation for the day. (laughs) (laughs) But your your relationship with your mom, like, affected even, you know... Everything. Up to her decision 
to react the way that she did about Rachel uh, mm-hmm. and you being pregnant affected everything, like to the point to where you know none of your family, your biological was at our family, wedding, because it was, was at a trickle down effect. You couldn't have one without it, right? Because we we were, we were so protective of mm-hmm. the love and space that you, Brian, and Greg had created Absolutely. that we didn't want to have any sort of negative impact on that. Mm-hmm. And the day was supposed to be about us, and, and it wouldn't have been. Nah, it so. Wouldn't have been. Like even you know, and that was a that hard. Was four, how long did we deliberate? Four years on later, what to do? And I was just, y'all been married for four years? No, 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 no. no, no. Like what? Almost two. In a I was like what? No, 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 no. That was four years after you had had. Yeah. Okay, Rachel. got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you were like four years. Like, what in the world? It just seems like y'all got married. No, okay. it'll be it'll be two years, two years in November. November. So. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of a shocker finding out that she kind of swung your doorway, you know? Right. Because we were like, oh! We were like, oh, we never talked about my sexuality? Yeah, just like queer, bi, whatever. Turns out, just emotionally only attracted to women. Dudes are cute, but it it, it, it makes a lot of sense now is all I'm saying. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was just an interesting, you know, uh, to go through that to say, oh, wow, we do have even more in common. Because it wasn't, she didn't come out to us and say, oh, by the way, right. you know, it, we, I just assumed that she was this, you know, this straight, you know, lady out of Alabama. <laughs> Surprise! You know. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, see, and I'm interested to hear that side of it. What was... Uh, she likes women's. Women's, women's. <laughs> women's, 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 women's. <laughs> Have y'all... Okay, sorry to go off. <laughs> Did y'all watch the BET special about life after being viral and he's on it? No. You gotta watch it, y'all. Oh, my God. Because, okay, you know, she does this in the podcast all the time. She goes, I'm not gay no more. She does it all the time on the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, you never explain what it is. It's this guy... Who actually went to this like evangelical meeting and and he didn't know that he was being taped mm-hmm. live streamed and, and and like it goes viral and it was it's his testimony I, that he had been cured of the gay uh-huh. and and if you watch watch the BT special on life after being viral with him and he, he's he's like got this Asian girlfriend and still and he's just as he's just as merry as they come but wow, he's so not gay no more Antoine Dodson of him yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was a total aside, like a fish market. At least y'all laughed at that one. Um, <laughs> sorry, we're with you. We're with sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm but yeah, to, my brain yeah. had to catch up with the joke. You were too witty for me. Yeah, sorry. We we were being too serious at the beginning. So when do we get to talk about the birth? <laughs> well, I think that that should be uh, the start to the next one. Okay, so that's my wait. thought. All right, honeybees. We'll so you'll have to tune in because it's yeah. a great story. You don't want to miss really, it. Really good. You don't want to download. All right, you guys. So this is where I will break off and do my thing because you already know what's coming, don't you? Guys, please make sure that you subscribe. Subscribe. Please make sure that you rate. You rate. rate it. Please make sure that you share it with a friend. Share, share. Send me a DM. DM. Send us an email. I'm the best type woman. Yeah, you are. She's killing it. These ad libs. Could be the Migos. Skr, skr. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> um, but regardless, just make sure you get in touch with us. Share the podcast. Like I said, we are over 430. Hello? I don't even understand. Like, that's a lot. It's it, it's dope. Okay, that's my point. So please make sure that you guys like, comment, subscribe, share it with a friend. And we will see you guys for part two of this podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.